Well, hello, welcome to Journey to Wholeness, where we are healed, delivered, and by God's power, helping others to break free. I am your host, author, speaker, and kingdom writing coach, Indiana Tuggle. Today, I wanted to talk about how do you know or identify you need to heal? Well, honestly, for a long time, I really didn't understand why people asked me that question. Um, And really, it's because we tend to look at things from extreme ends of the spectrum. We generally only see healing from one of three aspects. We think about our physical healing. You know, healing from um, illness or sickness, disease, um, accidents where your body or something, um, your bones have physically broken. And we also think about healing when it comes to the mental aspect. You know, people who suffer from mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar, um, those type of um, disorders. And we also think about healing when we consider trauma, people who've been through traumatic experiences in their life, like rape, molestation, um, etc. And generally, if you, when you're sharing your testimony, such as how I do a lot, and I share my testimony about how I was raised um, in poverty and, and been molested and things like that. So sometimes when I talk about healing, people assume that I'm only talking about healing from that aspect of overcoming trauma or someone who has been through rape or molestation um, or things like that. But and honestly, healing is can't be limited to those three areas. And I love when I look up the definition of healing. And sometimes I have to remind myself that we need to stop and look up definitions of words that we think we know what they mean (laughs) because a lot of times our minds can be limited as well and so I love when I looked up the definition of healing on Google today and Google is our friend when we look up healing it says to make free from injury or disease to make sound or whole such as healing a wound, to make well again, to restore to health, heal the sick, or this is my favorite one that we're going to talk about today, to cause an undesirable condition to be overcome, mend the troubles. And when I think about that, if we look at healing from that point of view, to cause an undesirable condition to be overcome. If you look at your life and you really look at every area of your life and ask yourself, do I have anything undesirable in my life that I need to overcome? And and, and when we think about that, from that standpoint, we all need some form of healing. Because when I embarked on my healing journey, it was not, I didn't think I needed to heal from something that happened to, from, to me 30 years ago or, or something previously. I came to God because at that exact moment, 
I felt like something or someone was blocking my happiness. And I had tried every other aspect. I had tried every other direction. I had tried to find happiness in every other area. I went to school. I tried to help people. I was volunteering. I was in relationships with people who I thought that loved me. I was doing everything that I thought was going to assist me in my happiness. And nothing was working. You know, I got the job. I still wasn't happy. I got the house. I still wasn't happy. I was in a relationship. I still wasn't happy. So I had to really take that good long look at myself and say, well, Indiana, why are you putting your happiness in the hands of people, places, and things? It's in you. And if you can't find it in you, something is wrong. And so when I came to God, I I literally fell on my knees and I said, God, I just want to be happy, but I don't know how. You're going to have to show me. And at that time, I was single and I hadn't been in a relationship for a while. And I was like, but God, I don't even know who Indiana is outside of a man. Because I had always been somebody's girlfriend. (laughs) I had always been somebody's daughter, somebody's sister. Most of the people that that I grew up with knew me as, you know, Deborah's daughter. Or um, my brother, who they call Fang, they knew him as, Fang knew me as Fang's sister. But who was Indiana outside of those titles? that people were placing on me and outside of the titles that I had placed on myself of being this strong independent woman who don't need anybody you know what what was that about so when you think about how do you know or identify you need to heal in the words of Michael Jackson you got to start with the man in the mirror the most or shall I say the most intricate part of the healing process the one thing that you have to be able to do is you have to be able to self-examine you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and speak on those hard truths you have to be able to identify the broken patterns in your life and so how do you do that the bible tells us we will know them by our fruits and that includes ourselves you know anything that is not bearing fruit has to be cut off that's a broken place because you were created to bear fruit you were created to 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 be fruitful and multiply so if there is no fruit in any area of your life then you it's time to heal that area that area needs to be restored that area needs to be rebuilt you got to start tilling the ground in that area and so what areas am i talking about when you look at your life i generally look at our lives in four different quadrants The first is our personal relationships. 
So when you think about your personal relationships, and this includes family, romantic relationships, and friendships, when you look at those areas, is there any fruit? Are you happy in those areas? Or are you always at constant roar? War? Is it filled with drama? You know, are there any broken family bonds? Are you avoiding anybody? Are you at constant in constant odds with anybody? Are you always fighting somebody? Is is every time you come into the presence of somebody, is it always um anger and an argument? Now I'm not just talking about your family as a whole. When I'm when you, when we think about these four quadrants in your personal relationships, think about the people who you connect with and you commune with daily. You know, like T-Mobile said, who are your top five? The top five people that you interact with in all of these areas. Um, is there any fruit? Can you honestly say? In all of the relationships, family, romantic, and platonic, the people that are in your circle, your closest circle, because some of us, we have family that we don't, you know, deal with on a daily basis. We may see at the family reunion or um, at on holidays, but we don't necessarily, they're not an active part of our daily lives. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are a part of your daily life. Is there any fruit? Are they helping you become your best self? Are you helping them become your best self? Is it a reciprocal relationship? Or is it one-sided? Are you giving more than you're receiving? And I know, you know, the Bible tells us it's more blessed to give than to receive. But you cannot pour from an empty cup. So, in every area of your life, if you're always giving out more than you're receiving, eventually you're gonna become drained. You're gonna you're gonna become empty, and you're gonna continue to try and pour from a different cup, and it's gonna make you frustrated. Okay. The next area. What about your career or your job? Are you satisfied where you're working? Or is it just somewhere you go because it's paying the bills? But you, you're miserable. You hate going to work every day. What about your finances? Are you in a place of financial stability? Where you're living within your means? And you have everything you need? Or are you struggling? Still living from check to check? You know, or... um not just check to check sometimes we, we we have nothing left you know from that check so so you're you're robbing peter to pay paul and what about are you in a field where you're able to use your passion and your creativity and that goes back to um satisfaction are you in constant pursuit of your goals or do you even have goals have you even identified goals And are you constantly growing? Are you constantly trying to increase your skill development or education to better your career? Right? If not, 
you have some broken places in that area because we should always be learning and growing if you're not learning and growing you're stagnant right and what about our physical health are we even are we in poor health overall what about our diet our eating are we getting enough sleep or rest have we succumbed to um unnatural or unhealthy coping mechanisms such as drugs and alcohol can you ask yourself why are you using those things is it just recreation or are you using those things because you're trying to um, numb the pain of another area in your life that you don't want to address and what about your weight are you overweight or underweight and are you happy about it because we can be overweight and underweight and happy about it but then we can be miserable about it too so you have to ask yourself those questions when it comes to my physical health am I bearing fruit do I like what I see when I look in the mirror and what about spiritually yes what about our relationship with God our prayer life is our discernment on key or are we constantly allowing toxic people in and out of our lives and being left broken picking up the pieces and what about our speech how are we talking about ourselves how is your self-esteem are you full of hope or full of excuses are you actually walking and living by faith Or are you allowing fear to drive you? So when we think about those four areas of our lives, ask yourself, do you need to heal? Or have you succumbed to the mess? And the mess is an acronym. The M, have you succumbed to mediocrity? Have you just told yourself that this is the way things are? This is how it's going to be. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to force myself. It can't get better. This is this is how what I was born to do. It it happened like this in my family, so it's going to be like that for me too. Or what about the E? What about exhaustion? Are you just physically exhausted? Exhausted. You go to bed tired, you wake up tired. You know, uh, my mama used to always tell me, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll make a change. So are you physically, mentally, and spiritually exhausted? And, And exhaustion can weigh on you so heavy to where your mind is just tired and you're just walking around in a mental fog. And it's really a state of hopelessness because you know something needs to be done, but you don't know what it what it is. You have no idea what the first step is because you feel like your hole is just too deep. And what about the first S, which is self-sabotage? Are you so used to 
or so addicted to the drama in your comfort zone that you sabotage any little bit of happiness that comes your way. Any little bit of change that comes your way, you sabotage it because you fear the unknown. You fear what's going to happen. You fear having to let go of some things that you've grown to love or grown to accept. So you sabotage. And a lot of times, we don't even know that we're sabotaging. We just think we're protecting ourselves. We think we're preventing um, people from using and abusing us. We think that it's cute to say, I don't have no friends. I don't hang with people. It's just me and my kids or, or me, and, me and my siblings or me and my family. I don't fool with other people. That's not cute. Because guess what? You can't grow if you're not around other people who are further along than you. I remember in in undergrad, I had to um, do what we called a social experiment. And, and we went, a couple of my classmates, we got in the car and we drove to um, an impoverished neighborhood. And I'm not I'm not a stranger to impoverished neighborhood. I grew up in the project. So um, <laughs> in my head, I was like, I already know what I'm going to see. But I went anyway and we went and we and we parked on the side of the street and we just sat and we watched. And we watched how the girls was going up and down the street. There was nothing, um, really, literally nothing for them to do. And after a while, one of my girlfriend was like, why have they going back and forth to this store so much? And, and I said, I said, because there's nothing else for them to do. You know, um, at home, there are no activities going around, going along, around. There are no community centers in the neighborhood anymore. So the only excitement that they get is from getting dressed and walking to the store and being able to interact with, with the guys that are passing by in the car. And that's exactly what they were doing. The guys were passing by in the car and they were blowing their horns, telling them how pretty they were, how beautiful they were. And a lot of times the the young girls in the impoverished neighborhoods, they're looking for somebody to rescue them. Because in their eyes, the only way out is through somebody else right and so I also remember in regards to um, self-sabotage and how our growth is connected to the environment that we're around is that when growing up in the projects we lived in the projects everybody in the projects was poor so we was being bused to school And so one summer, 
um, my friend moved out of the projects. And when she moved out, she moved in with her aunt. And her aunt lived in a house. And that was not far from our school. So we convinced my mother to allow me to go and spend some weeks, some months, I believe it was the whole summer, um, with her at her aunt's house. And I did that and I enjoyed it so much. And we and and by the time school started, we convinced my mother to let me um stay um some extra times throughout the school year. So for the beginning, the first semester of school, um I stayed with them. And so we would walk through the neighborhoods um on the way to school because it wasn't that far from my high school. So we would walk through the neighborhoods and as we walked through the neighborhoods we would see the houses looked so pretty and pristine and they had fresh manicured lawns the they had gardens in their lawns now this was the early 90s um and they had beautiful flowers in the um yard and things like that and we would walk through the neighborhood and both of us said one day i'm gonna have a house over here now mind you all this time of living in the projects I had never thought about having a house or even buying a house it never crossed my mind because I had never seen it you know so um in doing that that was I was around 17 16 17 years old then so so much so that fast forward to 2004 that was in the 95 like 94 2004 um 10 years later I'm 28 now when I got ready to purchase my first house do you know I purchased my first house in that same neighborhood I had looked at I had looked at several houses before I came to that neighborhood but I wasn't satisfied the minute I drove into that neighborhood my spirit came into agreement and said this is the house and it's because I had spoken it all of those years ago but I said all of that to say that if I had never changed my environment my outlook on what I could have would also have never changed so a lot of times we self-sabotage ourselves by refusing to allow other people, other experiences in our lives that could help us enlarge our own vision that we have for ourselves. Which brings me to the last S, which is settling. Are you settling for less because you don't think you deserve more? Are you settling for what you see everybody else around you having? I remember, you know, being in those same projects. All I saw was drugs, gang violence, um, men and women addicted to drugs. I saw young girls um, having sex and getting pregnant only to go down to the um to the city and get on welfare and move back into the same project to the where we had generations of of people living in the same projects the whole family was in the projects 
It was just a generational cycle of poverty. Had I settled with the fact that, okay, I'm just going to be like everybody else, then I would have missed out on the possibilities in everything that God had for me. So a lot of times we settle because we're afraid to go outside of our comfort zone. We're afraid to try new things. We're afraid to risk it all for our happiness. But instead, we sacrifice ourselves. We sacrifice our creativity. We sacrifice our curiosity. We sacrifice our our curiosity and our quest for knowledge because of that fear. And a lot of times we have natural abilities, natural skill sets that God wants to show us how to use them in the earth, but we settle because we don't want to get what's required to take us to the next level, right? So when it comes to identifying whether you need to heal, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror, to look yourself directly in the eyes. And again, in the words of Michael Jackson, if you want to make your world a better place, then you have to take a look at yourself and make that change because it's within you. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he, he gave you the Holy Spirit who empowers you to do what he created you to do. And it's not by happenstance that you're frustrated in any area of your life. That is that is God awakening something in you that says there's more. So when you say, when you when you finally do say, okay, maybe I do need to heal. Because healing is, is a beautiful thing. And it will enlighten you to the fruit that's even possible. You know, um, so many times we run from healing. So many times we despise healing because we think it says that we're less than. When in reality, healing is the key to everything you want. Everything you think you want and more. Because in reality, brokenness has tainted your vision. It's tainted the vision of how you see yourself, how you see God, and how you see others. So therefore, what you're even dreaming is limited. So when you begin your journey towards wholeness, because wholeness is ongoing, healing is instant. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. The moment that you come to God and place all your cares and concerns at his feet, you are healed. The journey is him restoring you the journey is him pouring into you what he showing you 
what he created you for, showing you who you are in him, showing you how he can take everything that you've been through, that the enemy tried to um, turn it around, turn it for your bad, him showing you how he can use all of that to bless you, how all of that will become your glory. That is what wholeness is about. It's about taking God's hand and letting go of that me against the world attitude. Because we, I used to, I remember, oh my God, the Holy Spirit would, would convict me so bad when I used to say, God is the Alpha and Omega and he gave me the power to work the miracle, work the middle. That was a lie from the pit of hell. Nothing that God placed inside of you he intended for you to do alone absolutely nothing the purpose that god placed on the inside of us he intended for us to need him to get it done you can't do it by yourself you need the holy spirit right so that's all I want to talk to you about today. I hope you enjoyed your time today. I want to hear from you. So please make sure that um, you stop by my website at www.indyrights.com. That's I-N-D-I-W-R-I-T-E-S.com. In addition to purchasing my books and my journals, you can check out um, my t-shirts and mugs. So be And also be sure to connect with me on social media. I am on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram and I promise I am the only Indiana Tuggle so you just look up my name and you will find me there so until we meet again be blessed and walk in victory and always always remember that there is purpose in your pain good night <laughs>